0: Hello, everybody. I'm John Locke, and I'd like to welcome you to the lockinyoursuccess.com Trading Performance Podcast, where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. Listen up and enjoy the segment.
1: Let me just kind of reset the stage, and then we'll get into Dan's question. And I talked about last time about when we think about the different strategies that we have in our portfolio is how to deploy them. It can be anything under the sun, right? You could just do one strategy at a time. You can do, maybe it's rules-based, maybe it's subjective, so on and so forth. And I like the idea of, if you're gonna deploy more than one strategy, make sure it serves a purpose other than make money, right?
0: <laughs> it right. Would be
1: a little bit a little bit more robust than that. You know, is it something that, just like any employee in your business, they all have tasks. They have objectives, and they play a certain role. So at the end of the uh, month or quarter of the year, you've got that account growth that you that you want. And it's not just kind of willy nilly. You're hopping from one strategy that you have in your quiver to another. Um, it's not to say that you can't do that. I mean, you could just be totally subjective, right, and just trade SPX and Russell. But this this was uh, you know a way you could deploy your capital, diversify, and
0: yeah, you know, apply, when you start talking apply. about purpose and stuff, so with a, with a different company, and that's a good point. You know, Apple. What's what's their what's their objective? Well, their objective is to make money, right? <laughs> their company they want to make money, right. and they have people who they have different people that fill different jobs in that company. They have people who make money directly through sales. You have people who build stuff who yeah. don't make money directly, but they have, it has to be built, right? Right. Um, Right. So everybody has a role, even though your overall objective is a given. The company's got to be profitable; otherwise, it's not going to be in business. Yeah,
1: everybody has their function and their role, and I think that's that's one way you can approach how you allocate your trading capital. And when I talk about trade buckets, that could be job description. These are all kind of synonymous or synonyms. And and your your job descriptions can vary, right? You know, I, I talk about time commitment. Prep required? Is it totally rules based? Is it sort of rules based, but with a subjective trigger? It could be anything. These are just kind of di- different ideas of how you might group your trades. I know this is kind of a review from last time, but I think it's important to set up the questions that, that Dan had. There's other purposes it might serve. You know, is it something that's giving you weekly income, or is it more broader that you're looking at on a quarterly basis or, or annual basis? And you know, I think it bears stating. You know, a lot of this, especially when we get into Dan's question, is covered in the trading triangle, right? The mm-hmm. business component, because this is really what we're talking about. So that's that's what this was discussed last time. And I took Dan's question. It was a great question, by the way. And I kind of took it, uh, parsed it out in some different pieces, and we'll kind of take it one at a time. And really, they all kind of feed on each other. So. Let's just kind of walk through this. So the first part of his question, he says, do you have any tips or thoughts on how best to manage trade size or plan capital as you diversify? So, you know, some of this is self-evident, but as we go through this conversation, you'll see that there are a lot of things to kind of think about. But first and foremost, you know, you could approach it where you just take your total trading account and apply a certain percentage to each trade. And I've got an example of what that might look like. And you want to make sure that if you put aside 25%, say to the Super Bowl trade, that whatever job description it's serving, that you assign it in that way, right? So an example of that could be, it's just something I don't worry about. It's more or less set it and forget it. It grinds out its wins. It grinds out its losses. And then at the end of the year, it has a nice expected return and positive expectancy, sorry. And, but you may have a you know a rule or a filter in there that says you only deploy it in certain markets because this may not be the best market for that. But that, but again, this is a lot of this is brought up in the trading triangle. And that's why it's such a great question. Yeah, that Dan brought up from that standpoint. But that would be kind of the starting point, right? Because you, you certainly could say, I'm just going to put 100% of my trading capital and it's just going to be this subjective trade if that's what fits your personality and in order to know I I know when I used to hear this all the time from people I'm like I don't what do you mean fits my personality? I don't know. It's an iterative process, trial and error. You know, maybe you do two different trades. Maybe one's totally half your money goes into totally rules-based trade and the other one's subjective and it's in the Russell. See if that works for you. See in other words, do you feel comfortable? Does it fit? And I'll go on this a little bit later if you're stressed out or if you feel like, you know, everything's riding on this one decision, then that's not fitting your personality. So hopefully that kind of explains what that means when we say, does it, does
0: it fit my personality? Can, can I have a comment, Stephen? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of us focus on how much money we have in our account and our trade size, when we should really be focusing on how much money am I willing to risk yeah. for this period of time. And yeah. realistically, it's unlikely you're ever going to have a problem with planned capital or having not enough money. If you're focused on your losses, because I don't really care how much money gets in a trade. I just care how much I'm going to risk from my entry point to my stop loss number or my realistic exit point on that trade, if it goes bad. And really, if you're focusing on that, it does a couple of things. It helps you keep your trade size relative. It helps remind you that at some point, whatever you're doing is going to lose. And if you're reminded of that, you're not going to trade so large or overtrade your size, and your yeah. psychology is going to be so much better. There's just so much going on there. Yeah. I get to that in the next couple of slides. So. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah. a,
1: it's a great point, but it's going to be more yeah. apropos to expand on it a little bit later. I'm kind of building up into how this yeah, first great. question really ties into the last question. They're not disparate questions. They're all asking the right. same thing, and it's kind of different way. You know, you can back into it like you're talking about from different
0: ways. And that is what I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments or anything else you'd like to see in the next Trading Performance Podcast, please list that in the comments, and I'll personally answer your questions and comments. For you. Also, I'd love to encourage you to come on over to LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in yoursuccess.com, and check out our trading performance and pro memberships where you can find the tools you need to become a much more effective trader regardless of the type of trading you do. Thank you for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next trading performance podcast.